Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanji. As a Christian, your what is produced by the anointing within may not be celebrated every day, may not be celebrated in that instant. It may not be looked at as something so wonderful. But at the end of your life, or after a very long time, it is going to count. It is going to matter. And there are platforms, there are doors that that will open for you. Those people who open doors are excited about the gift that they can see. But, the, but because of the anointing within, those very doors can get shut to you. The anointing within, even when the anointing outside is not so strong in manifestation, yeah? Gradually, the anointing within can still open those very platforms for you and doors for you. And I can give you an example. Look at people like Billy Graham. They were not very charismatic, yeah? But doors in the charismatic world were open to them. Definitely, they didn't warm up to them very early because they are looking for somebody who ministers healing. They are looking for a prophet. They are looking, look at Billy Graham. No, he just speaks. But these others who carried the gifts that doors were open to so early, some of them, those doors were also shut very early. And this man who had something that didn't seem like it could open doors for him among the charismatic people, the anointing within opened those doors. Like, this is the man. It's true. We are here. We are charismatic. We speak in tongues. He doesn't speak in tongues. But he's been married for 50 years. Why doesn't he come and speak to us on marriage? <laughs> so eventually, that door is opened. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In, it's, 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 it's very interesting how we should value this. And this can only happen by that consecration we talked about. And this time that we spend with God. And like I have told you that many times, I have realized that when I have, I've had great, great challenges in my, in my, should I say my spiritual work? It is all spiritual work. But when, you know, great challenges where you, you feel like you're giving in to temptation, you're giving in to this, you're giving in to this, that you realize at that moment that there is something lacking, especially in this area that we were talking about, consecration, this area of spending time with him, spending time in the word, valuing him. And at times, it is not because you went for things that are anti-God. At times, it is because you went for things that are still godly, but they are only things of the anointing upon. Look at Saul. The kingdom is taken from him. After him, if it, were, if it was in the New Testament, we would say, exercising the anointing upon him because he was operating in his anointing as a king that anointing upon him that is how he could say don't slaughter these leave these that was it was the anointing upon him what gave him authority to tell people not to do to 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 give people such a decree it was that anointing and yet it is in that time that god rejected him hallelujah praise the lord it was in that time that God rejected him. We look at, we look at, uh, we look at Peter in the New Testament. 
And Paul is writing to the Galatians and he's telling them how he came and he rebuked Peter. So, as anointed as Peter was, there was still something about character that Paul could rebuke. You know, you'd think because of the anointing that was upon him, that he had raised the dead, he had done this, he had done this. There was nothing. There would be no flow. And you see many times that is what we say. That anointing that teaches you to speak in tongues, that anointing by which you cast out demons, can't that anointing teach you how to behave? No, it can't. It can't. It's not meant for that. Yeah, Because you see, that's what people ask when they are criticizing charismatic people. That's what they say. You speak in tongues all day, you do what? That anointing upon you, can't it teach you how to behave well? It can't. It's not for that. It's not for good behavior. It's not for that. You can behave like a devil and have gifts that are like from God. The anointing that can teach you is the anointing that he speaks about in First John, like we read last, last Thursday. And he says it is that anointing in you that, and it remains in you. He says that anointing that you receive, that anointing in you shall teach you all things. It is that anointing that will teach you. And it is that anointing that he talks about when Job tells us how he has loved his word, he's esteemed his word greater than his necessary food. Neither have I turned from your precepts. And these are the precepts that he had said that these, I will write them on their hearts. They'll no longer just be on stone tablets. They don't need stone tablets to walk around with them. I'll write them on their hearts. Now, this anointing that we receive, that anointing is going to... What, what, were these, what were these precepts written on these tablets? They were for character. They were for morals. And he says that they shall be written upon their hearts. So when the anointing in us teaches us, so he, he, it's teaching us to walk in these very things that they had to be taught by stone tablets. Don't do this, do this, do this. It is this anointing in us that will teach us. Praise the Lord. And if we put value, if we put value on that, then even what God has called us to manifest that is by the anointing that came upon us, yeah, will not be hindered, it will not be cut short we will maximize. Like I have said, the, the, two don't, the two may not seem connected. Yeah? The two may not seem connected. But the inside can help this outside to go further than you, you would ever dream. Hallelujah. It would be like, what do we have in equality? economic in, in the economy development. It is like roads. You know, you may not see a connection between roads and electricity lines. You get what I mean? Yeah. But the further roads go, the more the electric lines also go. You get what I mean? If you want a place to have electricity and what, work on roads and take roads there. Electricity will come on those roads. Hallelujah. Hope it doesn't shock people on the way. But it will come on those roads. Things will come on those roads. So that's, that is the same thing with, 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 with the anointing, with the anointing that is within. That there are things that, there are heights that we will not reach. 
God spoke to certain men. There is a man of God that God spoke to in this country. And there is another man of God he spoke to in, back in, in Uganda. And God has spoken a similar thing to me also. But God said, and some of you, God may have spoken to you about the same, something similar to that. It may not be the exact thing. But one God told him, if you build me a church here, I'll give you this whole city. If you continue being faithful, I'll give you this whole nation. If you continue being faithful, I'll give you the continent. And that faithfulness, that character, that is going to come from the anointing within. These men were all very gifted. Talk about crusades. Talk about manifestation of the power of God. But you see, one I know, theirs was cut short. They are still alive. I believe they still carry this anointing. We still pray for some sick here and there. But they were cut short because of character issues. But they were cut short. The ministry was cut short. You see, no one wants to invite them. No one wants to identify with them. No one. And you see, many times we blame people and we say they are very judgmental. They are very... But like the Bible tells us, man looks on the outside. So whenever you feel like people are judging you so much, go read that scripture. And remember, they are man. Yeah? You've given them something to blame on the outside. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You've given them something to blame on the outside. And is that. So doors just keep shutting in. Yeah. We've heard of the testimony, the story of Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah. We've heard of Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart is still alive and still has, like, you know, I listen to Jimmy Swaggart worship, like, he still has, like, some of the best worship. Best, like, now these are old timers, old people like me. But, you know, because of his, that fall, that, he's still alive, he's still anointed. But the reach of his ministry. That is why some of you are hearing his name for the first time here. Yeah. In the late 80s, early 90s, he was the most popular preacher on the planet. Every TV, every Christian TV, it is Jimmy Swaggart. But you see, when that happened, he repented, he came back, but things have never got back to where they, to where they were meant to be. Things have never got back. Hallelujah. It is very important for us to, to think about that. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Yeah? That's the, the, the anointing within responsible for all this that he's talking about. And like we say, that whatever God does, he does by the Holy Spirit. I think I was sharing with the people who had, who had finished discipleship, we were talking about uh, the Trinity. I was saying the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm like, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity. Who is responsible for making God real to us here? Like most of the things that we say, God did this. Jesus appeared to me. All this. 
That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Because he tells us in the functioning of the Trinity, the Son is seated. So when Jesus appears in your bedroom, are the people in heaven looking for him? Because <laughs> you know, it would seem like, eh, where did he go? He's in some bedroom in Comarok. Oh, yeah. He's still seated there. But you see now, by the Holy Spirit, he is made. You're given that open vision. He's made a reality. We say Jesus is in my heart, and yet we say he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We say God spoke to me. He speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? A certain preacher said that the Holy Spirit is God in action. So when he says that I will put Milo in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, this means this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And that anointing within comes from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who, he's not the anointing, but he's the one who carries the anointing. And you realize that even in King James and some uh, versions, that whole, the spirit and anointing are sometimes used interchangeably. Just like what we've seen in John, where he's saying that the anointing, that, you, that anointing that you receive in you shall teach you all things. There are versions, I think NLT or what, that says that spirit. Yeah, but it is the anointing he's talking about because the Holy Spirit is the one who anoints us. Yeah? And for both, anointing within and anointing upon. Just like he makes Jesus real to us, Jesus comes into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It is the same thing even when it comes to this anointing. So he has written these laws. He has written these things in our hearts. And now, you, because I've said that this power, the anointing that is upon our that is upon us, like he told us, you shall receive power of the Holy Ghost, is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. We are the ones that have authority over this power and what we choose to do that is why he told them when jesus was speaking to the disciples he told them a very big statement that i may not get into right now so that i don't get into trouble but he told them that whose sins you remit their sins shall be forgiven you get what i mean jesus told them that <laughs> Now he was not saying he was not, he didn't mean that they are the forgivers of sin. You get what I mean? But he was showing them that you have a role to play in this. You've been anointed for this. You decide and say, let's go to Kapow and bring them the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Then you have remitted their sins. And when they hear the preaching of that's why he told Paul that he had anointed him to open the eyes of the Gentiles. For them to receive forgiveness of sins. So, have you forgiven them? Then they can be forgiven. Have you forgiven them? You've taken forgiveness to them. You get what I mean? Because this anointing has come upon you, you've been given this power. That, you have that power. You can choose not to forgive a place. And the people there will not be forgiven. Not that God will refuse to forgive them. God released forgiveness 2,000 years ago. Forgiveness was given. That's why when he's telling Paul to open the eyes of the Gentiles to receive forgiveness. In other words, it's already there. It's just their eyes that need to be opened. The day you say, Lord, forgive me, it's not the day he forgives you. You were forgiven in Christ 2,000 years ago. Now Jesus, it's true, Jesus had said this. 
forgive so that your heavenly father can also for, if you do not forgive your heavenly father will not forgive you but after he died Paul writes and says forgive even as your heavenly father has forgiven you yes whether you do it or you don't you've already been forgiven but your eyes can be blind to the forgiveness that you've already been given and now he tells Paul that his responsibility is going to be to open the eyes of these people to receive forgiveness of sin which was already used to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins that they may receive an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me it is not that when you pray to them then God will forgive them then God will give an inheritance then God will take them from darkness to light no they are blinded just open their eyes now God has put that anointing upon people God has put that anointing upon you and as he gives you that's why you see like as giving you this example of him saying if you're faithful I'll give you the city you're faithful I'll give you the country you're faithful I'll give you this content your faith you continue being faithful and you see whatever he gives you you have the jurisdiction there is there, there is there is a place in Uganda there is a place called ginger ginger was one time ginger was one time what should i say a bigger city or a more developed city than kampala and even up to today it's a big tourist destination it's beautiful but for a long time ginger had ginger looks a lot like kisumu a lot like kisumu it's also by the lake lake victoria it's you know there is a lot like weather and Kisumu, the last like five years, Kisumu has changed a lot. If you were in Kisumu, like let me say 2014, 2013, Kisumu, a lot of Kisumu looks like it had been neglected. I wonder if I'm the only one who saw that. But you know, you could see that these are old Indian buildings. These are old. This road, it's true, this was a tarmac road, you know. But it has portals like it has never been worked on but you can tell that it's a very old road so there were many parts of kisumu that are, that were like that like you can see those old cream buildings you can see now ginger became like that for a very long time so right now it is trying and in 1989 reinhard bonke came and had a crusade in ginger reinhard bonke had that crusade millions of shillings spent you know like these crusades will take up to almost a million dollars to just do a crusade the equipment they transport you know they bring their own like it's it's a it's a mission it's a big mission like one crusade of theirs takes a lot and so they plan to normally do five days they normally do like five days they hire a stadium or a field and on that day two was it day two police came and police stopped them and the people that were in charge I don't know what they would be called here, but it was this one called RDC. RDC is like the residence district commissioner. That would be, I don't know, maybe like county commissioner, representative of the president in like a county. Yeah, so that would be like county commissioner. Then the mayor who would be now here would be like the governor there, that one. And the third person was, they are called CAL, chief administrative officer. So... Two were Muslim, one was Catholic, and they were anti anything to do with Pentecostals born again. 
So they came up after all these permits were given. They said, no, where his crusade is, it's making noise for the hospital. We have a hospital close by. We have a school close by. Kicked him out. Yeah. In that month, the three of them died. I think two of them accidents, I think. I don't know, the three of them, that very month. Yeah. And from that time, ginger stopped growing. Ginger just stopped growing. Investors come, but you know, you just... You leave ginger, after two years you go back, it just looks old. It's old. It's old. You just, they just, you hear stories from old people, how it used to be the hub of this, how, you know things we had there, sailing club, tennis world. You look at, they, they are still there, but they are not up to date. Schools that were very powerful, churches, even up to today, I think right now it's, it's, it's coming up, but Ginger was not known like for a vibrant church, you know, as a, because it was the industrial city for, 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 for Uganda. And, you know, you'd be like, you know, that's where the source of the Nile is. That's, you know, as in many good things to see. But it just, white water rafting, it has great things, but it would never grow like that. When Reinhard Monkey came back in 2012, he went and prayed for Ginger. The people in Ginger, the church, the leaders, they asked him, come, we need to apologize to you, we need to. That was 23 years later. And you see, they thought he would never come back to that country. He also thought he would never. But he came. So they, they went there, they apologized him because he had never gone back since that time. He had never come back to Uganda. So they went and they apologized to him. And you know, some progress started. Right now, I don't know exactly uh, how it is but you know from that time some progress started and he said himself he said I didn't cast ginger because you see now that was the thing Reinhard Bonke cast ginger when they kicked him out he cast ginger he cast ginger and you see the truth is this he may not have cast ginger by his mouth you get what I mean but when they set themselves against that anointing upon him they you know they set themselves Paul did not cast Jesus but Jesus came and said why do you persecute me Jesus did not say, why do you persecute my people? You get what I mean? I told him it is hard to kick against the gods. It's hard to kick against pricks. Now, you see, if he said nothing, but it, be it is believed that there is such an effect on this city, what if he had said, I believe there would still be a great effect on that city? Why? Because for the anointing upon you who is anointed, you have authority over it. You're the one who has authority over it. So now with, 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 with the anointing within that he gives to us, the anointing within gives us character on which the anointing upon will thrive. Because you see, the Character is going to be like the bedrock for this anointing upon to thrive. Because this anointing that is upon you, if you're not developed in character, you're going to do whatever you want with it. You're going to do whatever you want with it. And that is why at times, the anointing is mixed with people's personalities. And we believe that the Holy Spirit, we are given the Holy Spirit to help us 
in areas where our personalities are weak, that the Holy Spirit is meant to help us up our game. In areas where our personalities are strong, the Holy Spirit is to help us not become full of pride in those particular areas. You get what I mean? So, if I am short-tempered, it is very possible that even as I preach or as I minister under the anointing, that short temper will come out. And many times we will say, it is because he's under the anointing. Definitely it will be stronger. You see, it's like the anointing upon exaggerates even your weaknesses. It brings them out, yeah? Yes. Your struggles become exaggerated. They become. Because see, the anointing, the anointing upon you is to bring out. It is to, it's, it's, its work is to bring out those things that Jesus used to speak to the disciples and he would tell them how they will preach, how they are going to be witnesses for him. Those things were there. Peter, who, was, who seemed to be timid and what, when the anointing upon him came, that boldness that was within him was released. Those things that were within him were released. And it is the same thing also when it comes to those things that were weaknesses in there. That is why you realize that, okay, this preacher, he, 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 he used to be a good person. But now this growth has made him a bad person. No. The anointing has made those things bare. Some of those things were always there. But now they've come out. They are bare. Because you see, he's a pawn. He works with you. He works with your, your outside. He works with your ability. He works with your... So if somebody's very... If somebody's, if somebody's what? A glutton and what? Under the anointing, they will eat. Have you seen preachers who eat? They will eat. Yeah. After ministering, it says, slaughter a cow for me. Can you add a goat on? Can you... And you're like... All along they could eat like this. Yeah, under the anointing they can eat more. Because it it does that. So when the character is built, now even this anointing upon can only tap on that which is good. Like even under the anointing you realize that somebody can exercise patience. You realize that somebody can exercise self-control. Because the anointing within has taught them has written these things upon their heart. And when the anointing upon them is operating, still those things operate. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I've seen preachers shout at people, and I also sometimes feel like shouting to people, shouting at people. The thing is not changing, you know? Because one of the things that happens, especially when ministering under the anointing, at times, you're seeing what people are not seeing. You're seeing what they are going to miss. And so you feel like, you know, maybe you're prophesying, you're doing something, and somebody hands you a microphone that has no batteries. And you just feel like... <laughs> you know, you just feel like you're ruining this. This is when the iron is hot. This is the time to strike. And I'm sure that is what happened with Peter. This guy who comes and he wants to buy the anointing. As in Peter has just introduced people to the Holy Spirit, the precious Holy Spirit. Then somebody is coming to sow a mindset in people that the anointing can be bought. Say, perish with your money. 
And he was under the anointing. Yeah. It's how they could make guys blind for a while. I think in Kenya today, there are many people we would make blind. We'd just go on a spree of making people blind. Hallelujah. And at times, so at times it is because of that, it is because of the personality. At times it is because, at times it is because now at, there is holy anger. There is holy anger. There is, uh, when we talk about the wrath of God, definitely there is wrath that will come after. But there is still holy anger. There is, you know, we see many times in the Bible where uh, he talks about in the wrath of God. That Jesus warns people about this wrath of God. And there are times that God will express it even through the vessels that he has called. And many times when it is expressed through the vessels that he has called, it is so that people don't succumb to what the devil wants them to succumb to. Hallelujah. But now as a person gets a glimpse of it, depending on their character and their personality, it can still come out like in their personality. God uses us. That is why you normally say that our personalities are important. God uses us with our personalities. But at times it comes... It, 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 will come, it will come out that way. You realize that God is not happy with, there is something that God is not pleased with. And if you are an angry person who has not managed your anger, that's how you are going to release it. It is going to come out through your anger also. And you see, your anger definitely does not produce a good fruit. You get what I mean? But you see, this one of God is going to bear good fruit. And so you're going to see both things happening. You're going to see somebody slap somebody, but they got healed. <laughs> His wrath produced pain. And then many people said, no, we can't go to that church. That pastor is so arrogant, he slapped people. But you see, what God was releasing ministered healing to the person. Hallelujah. Don't be ignorant concerning the gifts of the spirit yeah so many times it is going to come out that way you're going to somebody's impatient somebody's choleric somebody's even when ministering the anointing if it has not been checked especially by the anointing within it is going to be it is going to be yeah it is going to be destructive now many of us who are phlegmatic even under the anointing you're going to realize that it is hard for you to say no you get what i mean for cholerics, it is not so hard. You know, sometimes I've been, like, I've ministered, you know, even when we've gone, like, for this night. Like, at times, you know, you, you're just tired. You just want to walk away. And then say, oh, so-and-so wants to see you. So-and-so, and like, yes, yes. Because your flag, it has nothing to do with your walking in love. You know, people, oh, you're a loving preacher. I'm not, I'm not being a loving preacher. I'm just, it's just hard for me to say no. At that time, I wish I was choleric. And I'm like, no. I've already, you get what I mean? Yeah. So people think, oh, it's because you're loving. No. It was, it was not even what was in my heart. I didn't feel any love for them, any love towards them. I was just there because it's hard for me to say no as a phlegmatic. But when you find some other person who is not, they, you know, they don't even care. I say, no, get out of the way. You know, and it will be that. So if we submit them, to the anointing within, we allow the anointing within to grow in us as we spend quality time with him, then those things are worked on eventually. You know, you've seen uh, uh, 
that's why everyone needs to be anointed and everyone needs to grow. I've seen churches where I've had, I've not seen, I've had, but where they say that uh, sound people switch off the sound because they are not in agreement with the preacher, with the pastor. You get what I mean? What they are anointed for. But now they are character because of the law anointing within. So they, they are, are character. Yeah, I've told that, yes. The, the crusade is going on, but they've not yet been paid. <laughs> During that time, he says, if you're here and you're not born again, <laughs> God, they say, oh, they've not been paid. That is why it is good to work with anointed people and with believers everywhere around. You work with such people, and you see this. But we get to a place, we get to a place where we grow in God until we start experiencing. Let's, we read this last Thursday, but let's read it again. Job 28 from verse 7. There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture, vulture's eye, hath not seen. The land's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce land passed by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He overturneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out the river among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing he bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. Now, from reading about Job in all this time, where Job is speaking and Job says, Job went through a tough time, and his wife said, curse God and die. Uh, different things happened. But Job spoke and said, that he knows which path I will take. He knows which way I will take. Now that Job was saying, I'm very predictable to God. He knows me. He knows my heart. And from the beginning of the whole story, we see that that is exactly the testimony that God gave about Job. He told the devil, have you seen my servant Job? And Satan is like, oh, it's because you've blessed him and all this. And he's like, no, you can't touch anything. God knew Job. Job was predictable. Does God know you? Hallelujah. Well, if pizza is dangled in your face, God is like, wow, I've lost them. So Job is confident about it just like God was confident about it. Job says that when he has tried me, I'll come forth as gold. Job is saying when I cannot hear him, when I cannot see him, I don't have a vision I'm not being slain. I'm not shaking. The worship team has not taken us there. Yet, I'm still following his footsteps. How is Job following those footsteps? Because, you know, he cannot see where God is walking. He cannot see where God is. How is he taking those footsteps? He says, I've not turned from his precepts. And he tells us it is because I've esteemed his word greater than my necessary food. I've esteemed his word greater than my necessary food. That has brought me to a place where I'm very predictable. And you see, my desire is that this is the place. I believe when God spoke to me about sharing with consecration, this is a place that God wants us to be. That we come to that place like we spoke 
about the last stage being the stage of a bond servant, a slave. You know, I'm saying the slave is no longer dealing with some of the things that Peter is talking about. When Peter is saying putting away malice and envy and all this, Peter is talking about that. That when you're talking about this person at the level of a bond servant, a slave, it is not that. He's not somebody waking up and say, I'm believing to die or not steal. I'm believing to die or not lie. I'm believing that there is a time that comes where you're not fighting common temptation anymore. And that is what Job is saying. That um, You know, Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look at a maid lustfully. And so Job is like, he's not thinking that, oh, this girl is going to cross you and this is going to happen. I'm going to pass by a bar and I'm going to be like, you know, he's not thinking that, he's not resisting. Why? I have made your word greater than my necessary food. I've made your word. I've fed on that which is spiritual. I've considered that more than that which is carnal, more than that which is physical. Gratification that comes from manifestation of the anointing upon feeds us from that which is carnal. Men's applause, you know, good things that we can see and we celebrate. But the anointing within is that that teaches us this which is the word of God to esteem it greater than our necessary food. And my desire is that that is a place that I desire for. To get to such a place. To be in such a place. Where I'm not resisting things. I'm not, I'm not trying to not fall into temptation. Praise the Lord. And now in this place, that anointing, it means that anointing within is like for the other wise virgins. That you have a reservoir. But when the bridegroom comes in that late hour, he will not find you not ready. Praise the Lord. When duty calls, you will be ready. But it will only grow in that place. So this is the place that Job is telling us here from verse 7. He's telling us that this is a place where the whelps of the lion, the vulture has not seen, yet the lion's whelps have not trodden, nor the fierce lion passed. That there is that place in God that Job is talking about where the fierce lion would be like the devil, like temptations of the devil. Job is saying there is that place where I have come, where even the devil knows that in that place he cannot get me. Hallelujah. That in that place he cannot get, like, it's even embarrassing to the devil to bring certain things in that place. It is the place that uh, Solomon is talking about in Song of Songs when he says, it's the message version that says that way, come away with me. Yeah, come away with me. Like God desires us to get to that place where God himself is telling us, come away. Your countenance is lovely. God is saying that. You see many times when we come, how lovely are your dwelling place, almighty God. Mm, you know, we talk about his lovely dwelling place, how his face is beautiful and all that. Now that he wants us to come to a place where we hear him say that also. And it is very hard to come to such a place when we are in a place where the whelps of the lion can still be seen. Where it is, it is going to be very hard. It is going to be very hard when if, if every time I'm going, I'm like, God, help me to stand today. God, it is, it is going to be very hard if I'm still dealing with that to now hear these words being said in that place. And yet he desires us to get to that place. 
And that is a place that we can get because from whatever he's telling us in his word, he's given us every opportunity to get into that place. And one of the things that Job has told us, your word have esteemed greater than my necessary food. And I say, the word of God. Let's get in the word of God. Let's read the word of God. Don't read the word of God to, to, to go pre- just to preach. Don't read the word of God to win an argument. Don't, win the, don't read the word of God because you are just challenged. Read it every day to just be part of you. Love it. Just like he says in Psalm chapter 1. He's saying, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates therein day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by that whose leaves do not wither. So our leaves wither because of that, you know. Like this time I'm anointed mighty man of God. And in the dark I'm doing funny things. It is a sad thing. And you see, it is not something that we have known or we have addressed. So many times there is that battle because, you know, we are wondering, how can God anoint me and I still struggle like this? How can the anointing come upon me every service and I still go and struggle like this? It is because that anointing is not to remove that struggle. It is not for that. That struggle is going to... And you see, why God is teaching us these things? It is because God has seen where he's where he's taking us. And you see, sometimes it scares me. Real, real scares me. You know, I'm being vulnerable telling you. It scares me. Like, you know, there's a time I was talking, I was telling my wife, I was talking to my wife and seeing these men of God who have divorced, men of God who have done this. And you know, it didn't make me feel like, wow, how bad those guys are. You get what I mean? And I just felt like, what if it happens to me? You get what I mean? Like, because I, I looked and I'm like, okay, some of these guys are divorcing after 25 years. You get what I mean? So I may be saying, wow, five years of awesome marriage, five years of awesome marriage. They had opportunity to say 23 years of awesome marriage. They said that. Up to 24 years of marriage, theirs was the example. And 25 years in marriage, they slept with some secretary, some TV person. You get what I mean? So, you know, I don't know if I'm being paranoid or what, but you know, like, that, you know, like it really scared me. Like, like humanly speaking, I was just feeling like, am I safe? You get what I mean? And I'm sure God brings us to these things, learning now, as He's spoken to us about consecration and this that He's speaking to us, that He's showing us that there is a way out. If we make this if I go, because at times I look at, I look at what God has called me to do. I look at that time that I look at the great things that God is saying uh, as this ministry grows. And sometimes I'm like, wow, will my, will my character allow me to reach that time? You get what I mean? As in, will my, my character still be strong enough to, to hold that level of ministry? You get what I mean? Because Sometimes in that, in that sometimes I doubt myself. <laughs> I don't know why. But sometimes in that I'm like, hey God, I really need help here. Yeah, like I don't doubt that I'm anointed. I don't doubt that I'm not going to see sick people healed. I don't, like I know I'm going to see that anointing. But that, I'm like, God. So when you were speaking to me about this consecration and what, I didn't think it was something to share here. I just thought that that is something that is for me. Especially see as I see, I see people around me who have had, 
who who the devil has attacked and you know they've had flaws here and there like many times i'm like what am i like why am i standing definitely the answer is it is the grace of god you get what i mean it is just like it is the grace of god because i look at those people and i'm like hey some of them have never been in the situation they are in it is easy to point fingers and say whatever i want but like maybe i've never been in a fix like they are in i've never been in that i'm like god let that fix never come let me never find let me never be in that corner you know when you're not in that corner you can easily say what you will do but but i would like to get to a place where i am like job where i can also say for sure even if i'm in that situation i would still god knows what i would do and i would choose the right thing like i want to get to a place where i can say that and i truly mean it and it is that like i can say yeah i can get in that place and i will not compromise i will not do what and that only comes from now working on allowing that anointing within to grow and it is only going to grow by spending that quality time with him and in the word of god just having a discipline jesus told peter and the rest of the disciples pray that you may not be tempted pray that you may not be tempted prayer is spending time with god prayer is communing with god prayer is not just bring the shopping list so i believe that is what jesus was telling them spend time and i look at him because he is our master he's the one we look to as busy as jesus was he would give 12 hours a night to go and commune with god and i believe that made his tank inside never depleted and many things that people were struggling with he was not struggling with the anointing upon had a firm foundation on which to operate because of that time that he spent with god every day that time as he was taught these things over and over because he says walk in the spirit that you may not fulfill and he said the words that i speak to you are spirit and life you are cleansed by the words that i speak to you so as you spend time with him you commune with him you hear his words and his words are life and his words that you hear you see it is it is as you spend time with him it's important like i've said we read the word of god the logos but it is also important for us to always hear the rhema so you've read this but those words that you're going to hear him speak to you in that time where you commune with him those words are going to be water they will wash you those words are spirit and life and if you hear those words you walk in those words then you walk in the spirit and you will not fight not to fulfill the lusts of the flesh the desires of the flesh many of us as christians are fighting not to fulfill them why are we fighting not to fulfill them because we are not walking in the spirit if we were walking in the spirit it is automatic you get what i mean it is automatic if we were walking in the spirit he says walk in the spirit that you will not fulfill he does not say 
if you find yourself that you're going to fulfill walk in the spirit so that you don't no as long as you're walking in the spirit it is just like if you're told walk on the sides of the road you'll not be hit by the car so as you walk on the sides of the road you're not trying not to be hit by the car you're walking where the car cannot hit you walking in the spirit you're walking in that place where the whelps of the lion cannot get where the vulture has not seen where the young lion has not come you're walking in that place and he says in that place he makes he brings everything to light so do you see why now in that place it's very hard to walk in that place still with many of these struggles because that is not what god brings to light god is not there to bring to light our weaknesses our flaws god is not there to publicize our that is not what he does but you see now when we are walking in this place it means we have come to that place where we are washed by the water of the word of god and we've come to that place that even when god showcases you no matter how because you see like i said the anointing upon blows up our lives both weaknesses and what like you just you just there you see you know you see a preacher who is ever angry every time they're preaching they're angry they had anger issues and now the anointing came upon them and that is going to be a big deal praise the lord so but when you're in this place where now that anointing within has worked it has grown now when that anointing upon you is operating whatever comes from that anointing whatever is brought to life is just so beautiful whatever men see around your life they can say god is amazing you see they saw the life of jesus and the things that jesus did and the bible says they glorified god they glorified god they glorified god whenever that anointing made jesus so popular so famous so what outside there that he could not hide all that there was about him was beauty it was good it was beauty praise the lord and many times because in church we have said there has been i know it, it comes from a good place a bit of emphasis on on our weaknesses being open with our weaknesses and all that i think it's it comes from a good place of uh, it comes from a good place but i feel like at times that paints a picture that short changes us it it gives us a picture that makes us feel like this is unattainable and yet this is what god has for us a beautiful place like this but you see now that's what we will see We're like oh no everyone has to be struggling with this everyone has to be struggling with this everyone has to be struggling with this but you see we can read from job an old testament man and we're like wow if job could come to a place where he can speak like this then that is a place god desires for us because these things were written for our own example then we come and look at the life of jesus himself who is our ultimate example look at his life and like then this is what he desires for us we can get to this place and when we come to such a place we will maximize the gifts and the anointing upon us praise the lord that those that will be shut on you it is literally just the devil fighting you but it will not be you fighting yourself 
When this is not worked on, we are the ones who cut ourselves short. We are the ones who cut ourselves short. We go to a place and we say, oh, we can't invite you anymore. We don't want to listen to your message. And we say, oh, there is spiritual warfare. No, there is no spiritual warfare. It is you. That's what Jesus, you see, when Jesus, one of the things that Jesus really emphasized to his disciples was not even to deal with the devil. It was to deal with self. Because when we come to this place, self has died. Self dies. Self is more powerful than the devil. Yeah. As into Jesus, when he had to warn these disciples, he realized that not even the devil could stand in the way of their ministry. It is self. Told them, carry your cross. Take your prayer. If you're willing to follow me, carry your cross. He doesn't say, if you're willing to follow me, you need to be fighting the devil every day. He said, carry your cross. And that way, you'll be able to follow me. You'll be able to bear fruit for my kingdom. Yeah? This is, it's, like I've said, it is an emphasis to me as a minister. It is something that God is emphasizing to me. But I'm so glad that he told me to share these things with us as, as, as the church also. I don't want us to be in books of history when we are still alive. And it's a big thing in the church in Kenya. Many ministers, old ministers in Kenya, we talk about them as if they are not alive. Oh, he was used of God. She was used of God. He was powerful. He filled stadiums. He did this. He did this. And when I just came to this country, God showed me that. It was like the, a vision there. It was like there's just a ceiling in this country. Like men of God rise and rise and slap. You come back. Then another one rises. You go back. Then another one rises. You go back. And... You see why I'm saying that? That didn't make me feel like, how could they be like that? How could these men of God be like that? It always makes me feel like, God, how can I? How can I go past that? Because like, we are excited. Oh, Ignite Kenya, this, we are seeing miracles. We are seeing God do mighty things. We are seeing men of these guys so more than we've seen. What we've seen is not even a quarter of what they saw. They didn't think that today they would be spoken about as those who were, those who lived, who, who did great things. And so that should be a very humbling place that we come to that place. We, we, we are loud, we do many things, but we should come to that place and say, will we stand that test of time? And it should not be a, a scary thing. It, it should be a serious thing that we are really concerned about. God has spoken great things. And, and you see, at times we, we are so naive because we're like, ah, if God has spoken this, then it is going to happen. Not necessarily. Because the more you grow in God, as I, I was telling you one time that, you see, when just beginning in ministry and what, you know, you feel like you know everything. And then as you continue growing in ministry, <laughs> you feel like you don't know a lot. You feel like the more you grow in ministry, you feel like the less you know. So you wonder if you're growing or you're backsliding. You just <laughs> you know, there's a time you easily answered everything. You get what I mean? Oh, this is what you, 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 you know, you answered everything you've never experienced, but you had the answers you could explain to everyone. 
as you grew, you start coming to a place you're like, actually, I have no answer for that one. I have no answer for that one. So it brings you to a place where you're, you see, you spend time with God like this. It brings you to a place where you're, you're, more, you're more silent than loud. And that is what I believe because Job had got to such a place. You see, even when his friends met him, there are many things they didn't know about Job. I'm sure because of that communion that he had with God, there were many testimonies in his life, even his own life testimony that his friends did not know. Because as he grew, he became very quiet and quiet and quiet and quiet because of communing and spending. The same thing about Jesus. Jesus went and spent 12 hours. And, and you know, you would think that he would come and now start telling disciples about the experiences. And disciples would get shocked once in a while that actually he can do that. Actually, he's like that. Actually, he meant that. This, you know, many things that... They, I'm sure sometimes they, they, they also thought there are things Jesus didn't know. I'm sure. First of all, he had not gone to school. So I'm sure there are things they just used to be like, hey, hey. when Pharisees came, I'm sure the disciples would share because they, they would really think Jesus is going to fail too. Yeah. And even the Pharisees would come and they know, yeah, this is a tough question. This guy who didn't go to school. But you see, he used to spend that time with his father. Very important for us to spend that time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's get up on our feet.